Chapter 16 of A Prisoner of Marl by Upton Sinclair. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Weiss. Chapter 16 In the Dungeon Vaults. Ignacio was a horrible object to contemplate at that moment, and it was but little wonder that Cliff turned sick and faint as he watched him. The man seemed fairly turned into a devil then. He seemed insane. He was alone, absolutely alone, with his victim, and no one under heaven could stop him. He had the key himself, and he had his prisoner iron-bound and helpless. For several moments the man fairly danced about the place, yelling as if to prove to his hated foe that there was no care for anything any more, and then suddenly he made a leap at him. He crouched in front of him until his gleaming eyes shone into his face, and his hot breath could be felt. His claw-like fingers he seemed scarcely able to keep away from Cliff. Yankee, he hissed in a wild voice, Yankee, do you know where you are? The fiendish man saw the white look on his victim's face, and he laughed. You do know, he cried. You do know. Ha <laughs> ha! You are in Morrow, deep in the lowest vault, and no soul can come near you. Near you! Hear me? He struck him in the face, as if to draw his attention. Listen, yes, stare at me. I don't wonder you quake. You have defied me. Ha <laughs> ha! You have ruined all my plans, but I've got you now. And oh, how I will pay you back, how I will twist you and tear you. You shall pay for everything, and you may shriek and scream, and no one will know it more than if you did not. Listen! And again from sheer bravado, Ignacio raised his voice and shouted, the sound died in the grave-like cell, the granite and iron shut it in. "'You see,' panted Ignacio, "'not a soul heard. And you are mine. Ah, they hate you and they like me, for I told them about that girl. Ha, <laughs> ha, you wince!' Ignacio's face was almost touching Cliff's as he hissed that. "'You can't get away,' he yelled, "'and oh, the things that I shall do to you. I've got instruments upstairs to tear you to pieces, burn your eyes out but never kill you, oh no, and all night you will scream, and all to-morrow if I choose, and I will watch you, I and the rats, and the rats will eat you too. As if to add horror to the devil's gleeful statement, a huge slimy rat ran across Cliff's body just then. It made him shiver all over, and Ignacio danced about as he saw him. Ha <laughs> ha, he cried, you begin, but wait till I start, wait till you begin to feel some agony till I begin to tear your eyes out. Then will you yell? When I get through with you, <laughs> when you are dead, perhaps weeks from now, you won't mind the rats any more. You may stay in here, in this grave for the Yankees to find if they capture Morrow, as they say they will. Oh, I will make it a sight for them. Cliff could not have stood the strain of that horrible ordeal much longer. He would have fainted away. But then the fiendish Spaniard's impatience got the better of him and he turned and crept toward the door again. "'I will get the instruments,' he whispered hoarsely. "'The torture instruments. Santa Maria, what things they are! And how you will shriek!' A moment later he turned the key and stepped out. He shut the door and locked it, and Cliff was left alone in all the blackness and horror of that slimy place. Never as long as he lives will he forget the agony of that long wait. 
He sat, straining his ears and listening for the first sign of the fiend's return. He knew that he might come back any instant and begin his horrible, merciless tormenting. Cliff knew that man for a devil incarnate. He would sooner have looked for mercy in a hyena. For Ignacio was of the race of the Inquisition, and of the horrors of the Inquisition this was a fair sample. The wretched American knew that he was alone and that he could look for no rescue. He was buried in the very center of the earth, or the center of Hades, and his cries would be heard only by Ignacio. Cliff knew also that the frenzied villain would make haste, that he would come back panting and eager. Appalled, half-dazed, he sat and listened. The first thing he would hear would be the grating of the key, and then would come horrors inconceivable. Seconds were years at that time. Cliff thought that his hair would turn white from the suspense, and then suddenly he gave a gasp. There he was. Yes, the key was sliding in, and now it was turning. And then slowly the door was opened, groaning and creaking. Cliff imagined the dark, crouching figure. He had left the lantern behind while these deeds of darkness went on. The tomb-like cell was absolutely black, and Cliff could not see one thing. But he heard the door shut heard the key turned. He shivered as in an agoo fit. Above the noise of the scampering rats he heard a soft, stealthy footstep as the man crept across the floor, and then came the scratching sound of a hand running along the wall. He was feeling for him, and a moment later Cliff gave an involuntary cry as he felt the hand touch his face. Perfectly motionless and paralyzed he sat and fancied what might be going on in the blackness after that. He felt the hand pass downward along his body, felt it fumbling at the manacles that bound his ankles to the wall of the cell. Then to his surprise, his consternation, he heard a key softly turned. What happened then almost took away his breath. The iron fell off. He was loose. "'Can he be going to take me elsewhere?' Cliff gasped. But he nerved himself for one thing, gathered his muscles for it. Before Ignacio secured him again he would get a kick, one that would almost kill him. Eagerly Cliff waited to see what would happen next. But what did happen was more startling and incredible yet. He could scarcely believe his senses, for he felt the hands running down his arm. They fumbled at his wrists for an instant, and then with a clatter the handcuffs dropped to the ground. Merciful heavens, Cliff thought to himself, can he be insane? For a moment he actually thought so. Then it flashed over him that perhaps the fiend was torturing him with the most horrible of all tortures. Hope. He'll wish he hadn't, Cliff gasped, as he braced his muscles. But that was not the true solution of the mystery. There were stranger things, yet stranger and stranger. The only things that bound Cliff now were the ropes that had held his wrists at first. He tugged at them, but in vain. There was a moment's silent pause, and then to Cliff's unutterable consternation he heard another sound, a sound from across the room, a low, grating sound. It left him breathless. Someone else was coming into the cell. And with one rush the true state of affairs swept over Cliff. "'This isn't Ignacio,' he panted. And a moment later he received proof positive of that fact for again the hand stole down his arms and there came a couple of quick slashing cuts that hurt his wrists more than the ropes. 
but seconds were precious then. In one of them Cliff's hands were free, and his pulses leaped as he felt the knife thrust into his palm. He clutched it, and he heard one word whispered, in English, Fight! And then the dark figure stole swiftly over to the other side of the cell. It was at the same instant that the door was opened and the light of a lantern flashed in. It was Ignacio returning. End of chapter 16 Recording by Tom Weiss, Tom's Audiobooks.com